the third most popular beer in Germany. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's that's a beer fest uh, reference. Is Bex a favorite of yours, or just what you have around? Or I love Bex. Bex does something that you don't have to actually enunciate. If people see you drinking Bex, they kind of know that you really don't give a shit. Like everything's whatever if they know you're drinking Bex. All right. It's hard. It's hard to find. Honestly, not the greatest beer either. But if you see somebody drinking Bex, you probably don't want to bother them. Like it's not a good look. So it sends. That's a very intentional message there. Uh, the intentional message is: I like to drink. I don't like to be bothered. <laughs> um, so so, so I hit record. Home, though. I hit record a minute ago. Do you want me to leave that in? Should that be yeah. the intro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We did it. Oh, Welcome, yeah. everybody. Uh, this is the Long Play Listening Party. I'm Howie Howard. Uh, joined by my friend, Ebony Simon, Lefty Grove, producer Guinness. Links in the description. What's up, Ebony? How you doing? I'm good. I've got another, I've got another question for you on this uh, one question... Wednesday, one question Wednesday. I'm going to make this. Um, what what my, are you drinking on, by the way? Sorry. Oh, I've got uh, ice water and a little bit of Old Forester 86. Ooh, 86. That's a good one. Is that a that's, is that a bonded 86 or is it just a regular? No, that's just the regular Old Forester, which has kind of become my uh, my favorite for a for a regular. It's not a special, you know. Yeah, uh, mine's, Wood, for, mine's always Woodford Reserve, but I will not okay. turn down Old Forester. Sure. Well, one of these days uh, we'll get you up here and uh, we can have an Old Forester. Um, I would enjoy that tremendously. Sweet. But I've I've got a real straightforward question for you. And uh, okay. li- listeners, I didn't probably do a good enough invitation in the previous episode on um, musical revolutions to uh, you know asking for comments and stuff i am interested in what what people think about all that and i am interested in other people's answers to today's question very straightforward question who is your favorite musician's musician uh this is a term that gets thrown around for kind of the underground or if you know you know type of artists and uh, Um, i can answer if you want a minute to think well I, I'm weird because I'm such a music head that like I go by genre. Okay, we can go so by genre. If you wanna, if you wanna like, tell me your answer and then throw out some like genres for me, then if I have an answer there, I'll tell you. Okay. But generally, generally, my answer to that would be, I have a tie, and it's always Mogwai and Bjork first. Okay. Always. But then, like, there's other things where it's like, I don't feel like listening to those things today. I'll listen to this. So it always kind of goes up and down and back and forth with me. All right. Well, we we definitely know your team, Bjork, forever. Yes. Um, my first pick, I have two picks. Okay. Uh, my first pick. So a common pick or a common um answer to this question and an answer that i absolutely love is elvis costello right Ooh. a songwriter's songwriter yeah i love elvis costello um kind of all throughout his his career every different phase but my pick 
is sort of the man behind Elvis Costello, Nick Lowe. Hey. I love Nick Lowe. I love Nick Lowe back in the day. I love Nick Lowe today. If you get a chance to see Nick Lowe, he puts on an incredible show. He's he's up there. I think he's in his early 80s, maybe late 70s at this point. Uh, Forgive me, Nick, if it's if it's the numbers less than that. Uh, But he's been around a long time and his songs, the way he writes, the way he plays bass these days, the way he plays guitar, just like the consummate uh, songwriters songwriter. And that's, yeah, that's something I chase, you know, and don't really get close to in my own writing, but definitely hold it out. There is something to paddle toward. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. That dude is very, very underrated. And people, but like you said, it's the people that know about him, know about him. And anybody else that gets put onto him, as long as you don't present it like listen to him or else, they're pretty much going to pick up on him. Like everybody I know that listens to Nick Lowe is pretty solid with their music tastes. And they're also pretty solid people. You know, that's not, it's like, uh, God, what was it? Um, back in like 96 or 97, uh, when Corn first got big and they were doing the Family Values Tour, they had a video cassette of them backstage just talking and getting interviewed like a backstage documentary. And they kept playing music in the background at this one part, and I kept on trying to figure out who the hell it was. It was Portishead. I had no idea who that was. But so I, that was your introduction to Portishead? That was my introduction to who Portishead actually was. I knew Sour Times. I knew Glory Box. I just had no clue who the band was. But then in like listening and watching their tour videotape, VHS, by the way. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, by watching that and finding out who it was, I, I, started dig, I started deep digging. And that's kind of one of the first bands I deep dug on was Portishead because I was just like, who did this? And then I found out that they were British and they were from Bristol, which is like kind of the techno music capital of England at the time. And like, I mean, damn, I couldn't tell you how many bands came out of Bristol at that time, but a lot. And then Portishead was hands down the best one, but I had no idea who they were until I watched that. So they're definitely an answer. We're like, it's a musician's musician's band. For sure. That's a great discovery story, too. Super weird how, I mean, just like found them that way. Uh, For, uh, (laughs) I'm going to tell you a story about how I found my favorite Swedish black metal band. All right, this will be good. So in 2009, myself and like six, five or six other people uh, they used to go down to Mississippi to sell fireworks during like the summer, like 4th of July and during New Year's because you can pop fireworks in Mississippi all year round. But the busy season is Christmas and New Year's because it's wet. So there's less of a chance of a brush fire starting. Safety. Yeah. So that's like the big thing. That's like the big season for that. So in 2009, we got like the most snow we gotten in Kansas in like 15 or 20 winters. And it was the coldest winter in Mississippi in 25 years when we were down there or like 15 or 20 years now, I forget. 
But as we're coming back, I'm with uh, Cyrus from the Love Garden. I go down and we're tent partners down there. On the way back from Mississippi, we're like outside of Kansas City and we're listening to KJHK. And this acoustic song comes on from this band. And I'm like, who is this? And he's like, you should call the station and find out. So I jump on the cell phone, which I had only had for like maybe a year or two at the time, because I was just like, I want a house line. I don't like this shit. But (laughs) I get on the phone and I call them and I'm like, who is this playing right now? And they're like, this is a a Swedish or Norwegian band called Bork Nagar. And I was like, they're what? And he was like, they're Swedish and they do metal, but they decided that they wanted to do an album using traditional Viking instruments. And that's how I found out who that band was. So that's my black metal sleeper band. And like their metal, their metal albums are so solid, but that acoustic album is ridiculous. That's what I was going to ask is, is if you were a fan of the whole, like their whole discography or just that one kind of unique album. They, they have good music, but that album is so unique and so out of line for the music that they do that it's my favorite. Yeah. And it's called Origin. That's the name of the album. And it's all just acoustic. Like there's a pan flute. There's liars. There's like early iterations of like drums and bass guitars. And like the first version of an actual like eight string guitar that they had in Viking culture. All of that stuff is represented on this album and it's super dope. And it's just a good listen. It's not necessarily going to be your favorite thing, but other musicians would probably listen to that album and be like, damn, this is good. Yeah. So. That, yeah, I will. I will find all this stuff and link to it. I think. Um, okay, I'm gonna give you, or I'm gonna request uh, an artist from like the '60s or '70s to give you kind of something to go on next. And while you think about that, I'm gonna tell uh-huh. you about. I was I was optimistic that you'd be familiar with Nick Lowe, so that's good. Yeah. Here's my. Here's my fastball. I don't know. I'm 50-50 if I get a buy or not, but I'm going to try. My my real like deep answer for favorite musicians musician um is a mid-70s um sort of krautrock project called Helden. Do you know Helden? No, I don't. Actually. All right. Then I have something good for you. This is a French uh, kind of Cosmiche Krautrock band from the mid 70s. Basically, one guy, Richard Pinhas, is the Anglican pronunciation. I don't know how to do a French pronunciation of this guy's name. Okay. Um, but you know, if you like Can, if you like Noi, Heldon is right in that zone. And honestly, I listen to it more than those more famous bands. Okay. Um, it's all on Bandcamp, which is great. Um, and yeah, Heldon. I love Heldon. And anyone who has interest in in kind of that Krautrock or Cosmiche music, Dude. I'm on a mission to turn them on to Heldon. Nice. I just, oh, and one, one last thing. I discovered Heldon via uh, a book. Uh googling quick it takes me more than a second i'll do a little edit yeah wonderful book 
Strange Stars, David Bowie, Pop Music, and the Decade Sci-Fi Exploded by Jason Heller. Okay. Uh, Incredible book about the intersection of science fiction and music uh, across all genres from rock to funk to everything in between. And just, it took me so long to read this book because there's two or three artist recommendations on like every page. So I'm on YouTube reading a paragraph at a time because I got to check out, you know, all this stuff um, that's recommended in the book. So I'll link to that too. But that is how I found Heldon, my favorite find from that book. Um, nice. Uh, Dexter Wansel was another find from that book. Um, so these are all like... yeah. British singer songwriters and like European singer songwriters in this book. No, or? it's American. He talks about Funkadelic and it's it's worldwide. Nice. I have to check that book out. I got to find that. I need more books anyway. I don't have any space for more books, but I need more books. So Everybody needs more books. Yep, can't go yeah. wrong with more books. Anybody if anybody's watching in a state that's having these things going on with burning books and you want to save books, uh leave drop a link or something and i will like dm you my address and you can mail me those books because i want the knowledge and i want the information and for that i will be a gatekeeper against the uh people that think that that's not important so like i don't know i don't know that's like some weird like savior thing but i like to read i actually i love to read and any information i can get i will read i agree 100 i'll even read chuck klosterman books We'll talk about that'll be another conversation. Okay, yeah, yeah, that'll be that can be our November because now I want to ask you what's your Chuck Klosterman story, but save it, save it, talk about that, save it. We'll talk about that. Yeah, (laughs) um, I love oh, we're doing a little teaser, that's great, we're so professional. Thanks, um, but yeah, give me a Give me one last pick, maybe from the '60s or '70s, or if that if that spun you out in another direction, you know, just tell me whatever came to mind. Well, you know, from the '60s and '70s, it's gonna sound really weird, but I'm gonna say my dad. All right. Uh, he his name is Charles Simon, but his nickname is Ebony, which is how I got my actual name. And in the 60s and 70s, he was really doing a lot of things like uh, he has played, he does percussion. He's done percussion for almost every band you could think of that did live percussion. You know, he did stuff with Rare Earth, Black Oak, Arkansas, uh, Richie Havens. Um he was with Rare Earth when they were signed to the same label as ZZ Top of the Rolling Stones. Uh, he's got one of the greatest rock star stories I've ever heard in my life. Ever. And it involves uh, Sly Stone. Um, let me see. He's in the Las Vegas Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for two oh, separate nice. bands. Uh, one of them is Skuro. They had a minor hit. They were they were also another band on that same label, too. Uh, they had a minor hit in the 70s that sent them on tour for a while. And then he did his own uh, jazz fusion band called the Ebony Express. And he also did another one later on in the late 70s, early 80s called The Street Affair. And 
the Ebony Express was all original stuff and Street Affair was like covers. So a lot of things that you've heard, he did covers of and he just did things with. And he kind of lived the life until, you know, the family came around. And then it was like, I got to take care of my family and I can't raise my kids as a touring musician because I'm gone sure. for home much. So moves back to the area, meets my mom and hello. So that's kind of how life started for me. So was he uh, based in Wichita this whole time or he was no, somewhere else? Uh, he was he was he was born in north slightly north of the bayou, Shreveport Lake Charles area of okay. Louisiana. He was raised in Wichita and then he went to the military and he was in Germany for a while and then he got out of the military and some way somehow ended up in Vegas doing percussion. And he was the man about town for doing stuff. And, you know, you need percussion on your on your album, call Ebony up. He'll come to the studio and knock it out real quick, you know? Nice. So, yeah. Uh, when we get when I get the chance, I will email you a couple of his tracks because I do have some. Awesome. So, yeah, and will, do you think I'll be able – I'll search, but will I be able to find anything online from – I mean, the big stuff, obviously. I doubted the big stuff, like the stuff with Scuro. Yeah, you could probably find it. Most of the other stuff is like touring live, and we need extra, you know, layers for live shows. Gotcha. Because that was a, that was a big thing. You could do studio tricks, but people wanted to see it live. So you know, if you had somebody play the congas on the album, you got to have somebody play congas on the tour. So that was kind of like his lane. But his music is my favorite. Like it's it's some of the. Some of the few things that I, there's no skips when I have it on when I'm listening to my iPods because I still have my iPods. But when his music comes on, no skips. I've even sampled one of his songs to like do some stuff with two or three, but only one of them is really like the solid thing, and I got that one on lock. And I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep tinkering with that until I got it to sound right. For sure. But for have that, you, era, it's him. Have you listened? Have you been listening to his music your whole life or was there like a point in your life where you became more interested in hearing what he'd done? Uh, it's yes to both because I was listening to it my entire life, you know, just growing up with him in the house. Like he's got a set of congas that are this older than me and they still play. And if he had the energy and like his body would hold up, he would still play now. But he's gotten older and, you know, the energy level is not as high as it used to be. And sure. like, the movement's not as good as it used to be. But he's still got all his instruments. And I'm definitely going to be getting all of those instruments. They're not going to waste. So that's the old man. And I also like to, you know, let people know that I have a musical lineage. And that's pretty much where it starts for me. Watching my old man do stuff made me want to do stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah. Also, Charles uh, Evany Simon. Yep. Also, you know, a sneaky second place to somebody I don't listen to very much, but they're really good from that era. Loggins and Messina. All right. Bro, go back and listen to Loggins and Messina. You don't even get hair metal without Loggins and Messina, and they don't even do that kind of music. Like they did. They did that version of Blue Eyed Soul that like was coming around and basically turned into yacht rock in the 80s. Mm -hmm. 
but they were doing it before anybody else was doing it and writing like beautiful music doing it. So Loggins and Messina comes in real close on that one. I love it. Uh, do you have an al- a particular album that I should start with? No, not really. Right. I mean, I, I honestly would just suggest with those guys doing the greatest hits or just doing a deep dive because we obviously know who Kenny Loggins is because, you know, he had a real big solo career in the 80s, you know, Top Gun soundtrack and right. Cat Jack and all that stuff. But like Jim Messina is a monster songwriter. And I think the balance that they gave each other makes them a better duo to me than Steely Dan. Although Steely Dan is solid. Like, I'm not knocking Steely Dan at all. Right. But in that genre or in that area of time, Loggins of Messina is it. So, I mean, they did. That would be a fun dive. I'm excited. Yeah. I think the biggest song that you would know from them is uh, they did Smoking in the Boys Room and uh, Your Mama Don't Dance. So... Poison covered uh, Your Mama Don't Dance on Open Up and Say Ah. And Motley Crue covered Smoking in the Boys Room. So, like, hair metal doesn't exist without Loggins and Messina. Loggins and Messina. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, that's a perfect place to uh, leave the show. Viewers, if uh, you want to drop your favorite musician's musician in the comments, or email us at thelongplaylp at gmail.com. That would be great. Love to hear those. And uh, I'm kind of blanking on the release schedule. I don't think, I think when you hear this, uh, I don't know when the next show will post or what it will be, but it might be talking about uh, Chuck Klosterman with Ebony. We'll see. Ooh, can I add uh, one more, one more, uh, one more low key artist, artist that everybody uh, needs to know about? Absolutely. Tiffany Goucher. Spell that for me. Uh, Tiffany, obviously, the first name. Goucher. G-O-U-C-H-E. With the accent over the E. I'm glad I Uh, asked, because that would have taken me a while. Yeah, she is the cousin of Daniel Caesar and the artist Her. Okay. But you know about Daniel Caesar and Her. You hardly ever hear about Tiffany Goucher. But quietly, that is my one from like the nowadays that's yes. the one like she does not put out bad music at all and it's really good because she's a black queer woman and she talks about love in a way that guys should really want to think about the women that they are involved with like that love she says it as a queer woman and says it like a straight man should think it you know yeah and I think that's a really important thing for someone to cross promote. But like, that's my one right there. Tiffany Goucher can do no wrong. You will not be disappointed with that artist. She's amazing. Very cool. I could not, I could not be happier with the, uh, the list we put together of, uh, of stuff for people to check out and for me to check out. Um, and I'm glad I could give you Heldon. That'll be, I think you'll really enjoy that. So. Yeah, I'm definitely going to dig into that. That's going to be tomorrow's bus ride music. Wins, wins all around on the long play listening party. Nice. Later, everybody.